Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different social media platforms, but start off first with my website, which is at theprofessortravel.com. On YouTube, on Facebook, and now on TikTok, you can find me there at theprofessortravel. If you're an Instagrammer, find me there at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you're a Twitter er, then you can find me there at the professor TR1. I don't even know how to say it. It's like if you're on Twitter, whatever. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me there at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a returning professor with me. Uh, my visiting professor today is Ishan Gokal. How are you doing, Ishan? Hello. Very nice to have you back, sir. How have you been? Been good. It's been busy times here. <laughs> I haven't been haven't been traveling much, but that's the way it is. I know we're stuck in the age of COVID right now, but thankfully you've got a lot of information to share, which is awesome, and we really appreciate that. Now, for those of my students who have not uh, seen any of your previous videos, uh, can you kind of go over a little bit about your background, just a snippet about your education and some of the places that you've traveled? Yeah. Um, so all of those things can be summed up in one word, which is travel. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've mentioned in my previous videos that I've learned more from traveling than I've ever learned from any amount of college and school and all my educational background, quote unquote educational. You are uh, you are you are the wandering Ishan. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, Travel is just incredible. It teaches you so much about different places, different cultures, foods, people. You, you learn so much and it's just, you know, it cannot be compared with anything you can read in books. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I've traveled uh, seven continents. I don't know how many countries. I haven't done a count yet. I'm sorry. Maybe next time I'll do a count. Well, you, I think you lost count in 2011 or 2012 or something. You were at 50 or something at that yeah. point? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get a count for you next time if you do one more. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And I definitely want to continue to do these because you've got just amazing travel adventures. Um, um, I was going to ask, uh, so in this particular video... Uh, we were going to focus a little bit more on a trip that you, that you did a couple of years ago where you started in Kathmandu and worked your way up to Tibet. Is that correct? Right. It was uh, actually like a group 
you know, a bus tour kind of, not me. I wasn't doing the driving, but <laughs> that's okay. I wish I was. Right. I wish I was. It's a beautiful uh, road. I don't know. <laughs> Traveling on some of those roads can be a little bit of a sketchy thing when you're in some other countries, but maybe you can cure me of that. So talk to me a little bit about how the planning for this kind of a trip went. Yeah. Uh, so this was actually part of a much, much longer trip that I was on. I was out for a long time. Uh, I was actually in India uh, before this, uh, visiting my parents. My parents are from here in India. And uh, I had a uh, another uh, trip booked in China, like another group tour, group package tour kind of thing. Um, so between India and China, I thought, hey, why not go through Nepal and Tibet on the way? So I started researching. Uh, there were dozens of websites offering tours like that. Uh, like you said, I was also a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous about going to some of these places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my first time ever in China, definitely first time in Tibet, part of China. Um, so uh, basically, I found this one deal. It was a very good, like, uh, you know, 10, 12 days trip uh, for really, really cheap money. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, so I think I spent uh, between five hundred to thousand dollars on that trip for for like a ten to fifteen day trip. Wow! And, nice. Uh, well, nice, but uh, I realized you get what you pay for. Oh, okay. There's uh, a huge story coming, so <laughs> hang on, students. We're going to get this one. In. <laughs> so there, so there are some cost savings involved here, but unfortunately, as you may mention, sometimes you get what you pay for. Yeah. Um, now, did you make these arrangements while you were actually visiting your parents? Or uh, was it no, I, it, it was already done. So I, I had made the arrangements a few months before that. Okay. Um, and uh, because basically I had booked the China trip a few months before that, I had to get the visa for China and all that stuff. Ah, that's true. Um, so, uh, you know, this kind of fit in in between. Like, it was my dad's birthday just before this trip. Um, and so I had gone to see him and, you know, in between it was a nice gap, you know. Oh, perfect. The time matches up. I'll go through Nepal, go through Tibet, go to China, and then start the China tour. And you've never been to either one of those countries previously, no, correct? No, never before this, yeah. Okay, perfect. So what did the visa process look like while you were going through this? So uh, for, Nepal, for Nepal, it is a visa on arrival, Okay, uh, which is very nice. You just land at the airport, you fill out the, uh, you know, you give them the money, you fill out the form, they, they stamp your passport, that's it. That's easy. Um, and uh, then for China, it was a little bit strange because Tibet has its own... Uh, or actually, now I'm not so sure, but this trip was in 2011. At that time, they had their own, uh, you had to get a permit for traveling within Tibet uh, outside of the Chinese visa. Okay. And uh, this tour company, they said that they will uh, provide all of that, you know, for you. Okay. Um, so you don't need to worry about getting the travel permit and stuff. They will do it all as a group group package uh, for everyone on the trip. Uh, but if you, they also said that if you are going beyond Lhasa, you know, this trip ended in Lhasa, Tibet, the capital. And if, they said if you're going beyond Lhasa into the mainland China, then yes, you will need to arrange for that because our trip permit is only valid for those particular days. Okay. Right? That so, makes sense then. Yeah. So and I had to get a separate visa for China from, from that date onwards for the next, you know, uh, 14 days as it turned out. 
okay. uh, which was actually for a 17-day trip in China. I had a 14-day visa. But then- and we're going to talk about that at a later time because I definitely want to get into China. But this, just Nepal and Tibet is going to be enough to talk about yeah, during this definitely. time. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about what the prepacking process is going to look like for this. Like, I, right. I don't know if it's like, is it always going to be snowing there? I mean, like, is it always going to no. be frigid or like, what are, what are the things that you're going to be packing for right. this trip? So fortunately I have a friend who is from Nepal originally, uh, my ex coworker. And he told me that uh, if you want to go there, the best time of the year to go there weather wise is October. Hmm. Okay. Um, because by then the monsoons have gone away and okay. the skies will be blue. And, if your objective is to see the mountains, then which was my objective, uh, then definitely you don't want any clouds in the sky. So, so you were actually were you actually in India in October? I was in India in October and starting end of October into Nepal. So, were you were you able to be there during Diwali? Uh, no, not that time. No. Oh, that's too bad. Oh man, that would be no, so I mean, fun. I've, I've grown up there, so. I've, you know, I I want to sometime I, I want to someday do like uh, Holy and Diwali at the same you know if I can if I can actually get in because I think those would be like amazing events to go to but yeah again yeah you should definitely experience both awesome <laughs> Holy Holy will be in some, uh, springtime Diwali in like October November so <laughs> you should stay there the whole time but it's gonna be very crowded during those times I imagine and the yeah. plane flights are just gonna be crazy yeah. but that's probably why you may have been able to get a fairly decent deal just after that if it if, um, if you were beyond that time frame yeah i don't know the reason for it but uh it just worked out i mean i i found it it was a good price so i just booked it okay and they, and they were doing the uh, tibet permit which was a huge deal for me i had no idea how to go about that so they took care of all of that perfect so you're in the sweet spot then you're mm-hmm. right after the monsoon season but just before it gets into the cold season right okay excellent right. and now, that doesn't mean it wasn't cold it was cold because <laughs> up that time, but nothing like you know like dead winter freezing that kind of thing excellent and so uh you're packing i guess for like like a brisker climate but yeah. not but not like frigid wet weather Correct. not Correct. like your Antar- not, not like your antarctic trip or anything Correct. Like that. so the previous photo that you showed the jacket i was wearing that was all i needed mm-hmm. okay um, and i did have gloves i don't think i ever actually wore the gloves because i was taking photos too with my camera and stuff so i had to take the gloves off anyway okay um so it was fine it was it wasn't bad at all okay so let's talk how did you like what airport did you leave from in order to get over it to here so i flew from actually my i mean my parents were in bangalore india south india okay uh, so i went from there to delhi and then the connecting flight from delhi to Kathmandu. did you say bangalore or mangalore bangalore B. okay b okay got it uh, and so how long is that flight so Bangalore to Delhi is like two hours. Delhi to Kathmandu is less than two hours. That's not bad at all. Um, maybe something around there. I assume they dropped you uh, off. You didn't have to take a taxi or anything like that? or uh, No. So, oh yeah, at the Bangalore airport, right. That's fine. Uh, in Kathmandu airport, uh, there was a, like the group had arranged, you know, we, we, we sent them our flight arrival time and they arranged to pick up to the, go to the hotel and stuff like that. So okay. in Kathmandu, I had no problem. Okay. How were the flights? They were fine. No problems. Nothing crazy. Yeah, it's it's like a domestic flight, right? It's, it's okay. Because I know I, I had interviewed my nephew a few months ago in reference to a trip that he took to Bhutan. And he said, like, the wind is just, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of arrangements that you have to do in order to especially go there. Um, but it, just in order to be able to get into Bhutan, you have to 
like the flight, the, the, the pilots have to be expert pilots in order to get in there. Cause the winds are so crazy in order yeah. to just fly into that area. Yeah. So, you yeah. need a special permit to land in some of the airports over there. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, so I don't know if you had any pre-vacation destinations, like you didn't spend any time. Well, okay. Actually, well, yeah, you did. There, there was no concept of pre-vacation because the whole thing I was, I was out with of, your no. parents and stuff like yeah. that in India. Yeah. Um, so, but then you, flew to Kathmandu. Uh, how much time did you spend in Kathmandu? Uh, a couple of days. Okay. So uh, it was just to relax. Uh, I spent one day walking around the town. Uh, they had a, this was before the earthquake. They had a big earthquake a couple of yeah, years after that. I remember that. Uh, so this was just before, and I went to that main square, all the beautiful carvings of the, the wooden carvings and temples and everything. Saw that. How large is Kathmandu, um, you say? It's pretty big. It's more than big. It's like, uh, it's not very well planned out, not very well laid out. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while to, you know, get your bearings and know where you're going and stuff like that. Is it spread out like something like, uh, I mean, like size-wise, yeah. would you say it's like the size of like a, like a small city in Orange County? Would you say it's like the size of Los Angeles? Like how... Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be like the LA metro area, you know. Wow. Okay. That's very it's sizable. Pretty spread out. I mean, it's pretty spread out all over. Okay. Very cool. And you spent a couple of days there. Uh, I assume you got some souvenirs or something fun of fun, at least while you're there, hopefully. No. no okay. <laughs> when you're, you're on like, a long have, trip, you don't, you don't, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't buy souvenirs when you're on a long trip. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's like, I, I know people who are, who pack for a long period of time and they bring like multiple suitcases. Mm -hmm. And then there are those people who will take a month long trip and they only have a backpack and that's yeah, it. That's me. <laughs> yeah. See, I, Oh, my friend, you are so much more efficient at packing than I am. But then again, you've been to many more countries than I have. I've already been to 23 and I thought that was a lot until I met you. And I was like, okay, well, no, I mean, that's I not was, a lot. <laughs> this was a much, much longer trip. I was traveling a long time. Um, so it was yeah, kind of fun. Though. I don't want to weigh me down. Like it yeah, no, I understand that. You down. Um, while you were in Kathmandu, what kind of accommodations did you have while you were there? Very good. It was like a three, four star hotel. Okay. Uh, very nice place. Uh, you know, I, I, I did not write down the name of the hotel or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, the, it was all part of this, uh, package too. Right. So they put us up in the hotel. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was wonderful. So you, so and actually, I'm going to forge the next slide here for my for my people that are on the podcast. There's actually two things on the next slide of pictures. One is a is an itinerary map of the different destination locations that you're going to along this trip, and the other one is a picture of someone pointing to Mount Everest on this. So bravo. Um, so okay, so let's take a look at each of these uh, specific points. So point A, you're in Cat. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, Nyalam town. Is that correct? That's like right uh, outside the area there. Yeah. Um, so the, the ABCD that I have uh, put on those uh, checkpoint, the, uh, the points over there on the yeah, map. On the map. Yeah. Uh, those were the nights that we stayed in those towns. So okay. In between is the day trip. Okay. Um, so you're, so then you're leaving from Kathmandu in order to get to Nyalam town. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Okay. Right. And, how, and it doesn't look like it's that far, but how far is it? Do you no, think? it took a whole day to drive there. Oh, it did? Okay. Um, and so here's where I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. I know what you're going to ask me next. So 
um, <laughs> am, I, am I now? <laughs> okay. Um, one of the one of the uh, interesting things that happened on this trip. So uh, we were told that all of your Tibet permits, everything, China visa, Tibet permit will be all handled by us, the tour agency. Yes. Uh, and oh, no, you, did the so you don't have to worry about a thing. Everything is fine. You know, just get to Nepal. And we. so the way it worked was the day before we were supposed to leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that morning, the guy came to our hotel rooms and said, I need your passport, you know, because we're going to arrange all this China visa and stuff, right? Okay. Uh, this is the day before, okay? 24 hours before departure. <laughs> um, so, so fine, you know, we fill out the paperwork, gave the passport. Gave, uh, I don't think I gave the money. The money was already paid at that time. Okay. Um, and uh, so he said, fine, I, we are gonna, we're just collecting everyone's passports right now. And tomorrow morning on the bus, I will hand your passport back to you. Oh, I would be very uh, nervous about handing over my passport, but that's just me. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And guess what happened? Uh, <laughs> no, I have uh, no idea. Why don't you tell me what happens? <laughs> so next morning, we had a 5 a.m. Departure schedule out of Kathmandu. Oh my gosh. And uh, there were three or four people on the bus who did not have their passports back. Uh, I was not one of them, fortunately. But those three or four people, those guys told them, don't worry, we are going to get you your passport back before you before we cross the border into China, which was happening on that day. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you your passport back. I would lose it. my mind if I didn't have that in my possession. So... Uh, these four people were actually sitting near me in the bus, you know. Uh, so we started talking about this, like they're feeling nervous, like what's what the hell's going on here? You yeah, know? I get it. I get it. Uh, and uh, throughout this whole trip, we actually became pretty good friends over the over the course of the next seven days. But as it turned out, everything was fine. Uh, Gosh, before that... we crossed the border into China, they, these guys they got their passports back. They got a it, it was basically a piece of paper, which is a permit to enter Tibet. Okay, so it's basically uh, acting as a visa, like yeah, a date, like yeah. an uh, visa. And everything was fine. They got everything back. So, <laughs> but it was uh, it, talk it about was, just in time, though. Go. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I, I I have anxiety over stuff like that. I am I'm a planner, yep. so I like to plan things out like months yep. in advance. And if I don't have my visa, I will flip out. Yeah, and this was just the first thing. There's something else that happened after crossing the border. Oh, good, because that's uh, not enough stress. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that affected all of us. All there were 60 people, by the way, on the whole group. Oh gosh. Um, there was uh, one bus, 60 people, that was going out to the border, uh, which was like the Nepali side of this uh, group tour. And there would be, we were told that there would be another bus waiting on the other side, mm-hmm. which was the China part of it. Different guides on both sides, different, you know, staff on both sides, all of that. Sure. So we went up to the border. It's uh, uh, right at the border. There's a city in China, on the China side, called Zhangmu. Uh, just before that, they said, okay, now you walk across the border bridge over there. There's a bridge that connects, you know, Nepal to China. 
Okay. Um, and uh, we go across the border. We get to the other side. They said, don't worry about it. The guide is going to come to you. Uh, like, how's the guide going to come to us? We are, we are like part of 10,000 people crossing this bridge right now. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, whatever. So uh, we, we actually did see the bus with the, you know, group name on it. Okay. So, uh, went over there and the guy goes, oh, I did not realize you have 60 people on this tour. This bus can only handle 30. So what I have done is I have called like 15 cabs uh, for the rest of you. Uh, as you're coming out of the immigration, why don't you guys, four of you, get in this cab and go to Zangmu. Okay, next four, get in this cab, go to Zangmu. <laughs> you know? So he's not aware that there's more than 30 people but he's got enough to get an entire fleet of taxis. Okay, that seems a little bit sketchy right there. It was like, we did not know what was going on. Like, I'm like, oh, that would give me such. Oh, exactly. And all of us were like that. Like, what? What is this? You know? <laughs> but like I said, you get what you pay for. Oh man. And, okay. So in the in in your itinerary here, mm-hmm. did that occur after? It was on day one. Okay, so this is all day one. So this is even this is even before you're getting to Nylon Town. Before Nylon Town. Okay. Uh, you get to Zangmu uh, around five six o'clock in the evening. Before that, there was a checkpoint, another checkpoint on the border. Okay. Uh, I mean, past the border, and we were not allowed to go through. Uh, all of our cabs were just there before. Oh the man. And you know they they didn't the guard would not let us through. They said you know your guide has to be here. If you're all traveling in a group, you should all be in a group. Why are you in cabs? <laughs> you know, funny that you mentioned that. The guy said that he did not plan for this. So, so I, we, were, we were getting pissed off by this time. I mean, we were like yeah. losing it. Um, so, but that's all part of I, the trip. I all can see this is going to be a negative Yelp review right away. <laughs> Steaming mad, grr, as we write this down. Okay, anyways, all right. So, you're getting through the checkpoint. I assume everything went okay. Yeah, all's well that ends well. It was fine. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so now we move on to Nylon Town. Talk yeah. to me a little bit about Nylon Town. Nylon, I believe, is at 13,000 feet, one three, 13,000 feet elevation. Okay. Uh, before, when I booked this trip, they said on the website itself, on the you know um, group tour, their website, they said that they recommend not doing it this way. They recommend going the other way from Tibet into Nepal. Did they say why? Uh, because of the elevation gain going the way that we did. Okay. So Kathmandu is like, I don't know, something like 5,000 feet elevation. First night, we are up at 13,000 feet. We are sleeping up there. Uh, second daytime, we are uh, up Actually, to, how, what were the accommodations like over in that, that area? Nalam was a hostel. Uh, it was like bunk beds. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, no air conditioner, no heater, uh, no uh, restroom. Uh, sorry, restroom was there, but no bathroom. Thank you. <laughs> No bathroom, okay. so no showers or anything like that. Uh, um, no breakfast. Um, mm. uh, very, very basic accommodations, but at the same time, actually pretty good considering that you were in Tibet. Um, so it's, it's, uh, about, it's more about the adventure at this yes. point. And again, like to you, what you said earlier, you get what you pay for. So right. there we go. Uh, uh, but from Kathmandu Hotel, it was definitely a big step down. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, it's almost like you're in your territory almost. So I'm like, mm-hmm. really where the next day it was exactly that. Yes. Oh, are you um, serious? 
I mean, the restrooms are holes in the ground. It's 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 Tibet. It's oh, too uh, fun. <laughs> Uh, wilderness, real wilderness. Okay, then. So now we're on our way to your next destination, which is yeah. Latsi, I yeah. think. So that was the second night. Uh, that day from Nyalam to Latsi, we got the second bus, by the way, that morning. So we had two buses now. Okay. Uh, for- <laughs> Thank you. It doesn't seem like a big ask, but I mean, I guess in that part of the world, you know. It, it, like, it would be, not- yeah. It would be difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyalam to Latse, the road goes up to, I think, uh, something like 5,600 meters, uh, about uh, 17,000, 18,000 feet, something like that. Okay. Uh, and out of the 60 of us in the two buses, 58 of us got altitude sickness. Oh, really? So talk to me a little bit about how that, um, was it like cramping? Was it like headaches? Yeah. Was it like- Headaches, okay. a loss of temper, definitely. Oh. Uh, mostly because of what happened the previous day. We were all just losing it. I believe it. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's where altitude sickness, I think that people are just getting angry at this point. Uh, but altitude definitely contributed to that. And I, I realized that because I was getting upset for very small things in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, oxygen deprivation. Yeah, yeah. That's what it um, uh, you lose your appetite. You, uh, of course, it takes you know it takes more effort to walk to, to do anything anything physical. And you're probably wheezing um, a little bit because of the lack of the oxygen in the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the views were fantastic. The photo on the right is taken on that day, the first full day in Tibet. And this is, and for um, those that are on the podcast who can't see this, this is this is a picture of a number of mountains in the in the region, and you're and someone, not necessarily you, who's pointing, but someone's pointing to Mount Everest. Yeah, there. yeah. So the guy who was sitting next to me on the bus. Uh, yeah, he, I, I, I was taking photos, and uh, he said, you know, you're not going to recognize this out of this range, which one is Mount Everest? Because they all look like the tallest mountain, you know? Well, there are these, I mean, these are days um, away, uh, the, but I mean, you're seeing the size of these places yeah. are just, they, they look very close, but they're not. They're actually no, no. quite some ways away. Right, right. And we were at around 14, 15, 16, something like that, 15, 16,000 feet up. Uh, Mount Everest, as you may know, is close to 29, more than 29,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is looking 14,000 feet up. That's the uh, middle one. That's the tallest. Uh, that's Mount Everest. Yeah. Um, and, and I think and you can't even, like, there's different steps of just trying to be able to get up to Mount Everest. You, ha- I think you, in some cases, when you get up higher, you need oxygen support in order to be oh, able definitely. to, to yeah. survive. I mean, some, some people have climbed it without oxygen, but yeah, you do need oxygen it's to get very, it. It's very, very tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, your accommodations that specific night uh, in, in Latsi, uh, that's kind of, you were saying like a yurt type situation? Or no, something? it was slightly better than Nyalam. Okay. Uh, but still, no restrooms. Uh, sorry, no no showers. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, Also like bunk beds style kind of place. You know, we had like... So like a hostel. In a room. Yeah, hostel type. Okay. Um, we had like five, six people in one room. Um <laughs> And uh, that night, there was one lady in my room who started, you know, throwing up. She had a lot of, she suffered a lot that day. Yeah, it's, um, probably, it's, it's definitely the oxygen and, and yeah. uh, the altitude sickness that's mm-hmm. going. Um, She's just so, not used to that. Yeah. How but, far, just out of curiosity, how far was Nylon from Latsi? So let me, uh, I'll answer that question another way if I might. Uh, the people who... Uh, we ended up on this tour in Lhasa, 
uh, there was option after Lhasa for everyone how they're going to return back home. Okay. You know, some people flew out, some people like me went on further. Uh, there were those people also. There were some people who drove all the way back on the same road. Uh, and that journey from Lhasa all the way back to Kathmandu was one day for them. They drove so the it's, entire day, it's day. entire day journey. Yeah, non-stop. non-stop. And so, how fast, how so fast we, would you say your vehicle is moving? Oh, quite fast. So the, the road was actually very, very nice. Um, uh, like, for example, uh, I've been to Alaska where a lot of these roads are like, you know, gravel, dirt roads. Mm-hmm. Um, this was all paved. It, it was okay. like a, you know, one lane each way, two lane highway. Okay. Uh, completely 100% paved all the way through. Okay. And uh, are these small highways, like one or two lanes, or are these like larger one, than one that? One lane. One oh, lane one each lane. way. Okay. <laughs> That's scary, but okay. That's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, there's nobody there. There's hardly anyone there. Okay. Um, and the scenery is amazing. I mean, that's where that's what I came there for. It's just beautiful mountains, snow, ice. Yeah, and you monasteries. You tend, to, you tend to go to a lot of places that are much more rural, that are out there. I mean, for goodness sakes, we've already talked about Antarctica and Siberia. So, I mean, it's yeah, I, definitely. I, I love nature. I, the the. It's just so beautiful over there. Ironically, all of these places that we've talked about have been extremely cold that you're talking about, <laughs> at least thus far. So I, I I prefer the cold over the heat. I guess so. <laughs> and so uh, the so our next our next destination she after got you. yeah. Oh, uh, so all all along this way, there were uh, quite a few uh, Buddhist monasteries that we visited. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were quite a few uh, like the viewpoints like this. We just stopped along the road. We stopped sometimes on the road. Uh, got off the bus. The bus is in the middle of the highway. Uh, and you can like and you can like go into the yeah. monasteries, like make a donation or just something. Yeah, like exactly, that. exactly. Uh, we visited those monasteries. Uh, uh, we didn't actually get a chance to talk to any of the monks until we actually got to Lhasa in the end. Okay. Uh, uh, but all of these places, I mean, they're they're just amazing. You see. It's just beautiful. I had an opportunity to go to a couple of different um, Buddhist monasteries when I was in, uh, or just outside of Bangkok, okay. and uh, it was really lovely. Because, and for my students that are that are out there, you know, you can get a look at a lot of these wonderful, wonderful historic places that have been there for quite some time, um, and and all they really ask for is maybe a small donation. Right. Um, you know. Uh, that's usually recirculated back into the community. Um, maybe, maybe, and, and maybe like you pay for like a little piece of incense that they can that they can burn, um, or something else. I, I, how how did the donations go where you were at? Did you just drop in uh, some coins or, yeah. or like? Yeah, basically. Okay, uh, we just dropped some money in. That's nice. Okay, so after that day, you're on your way to the next destination, which is. Shingatsi? Shingatsi, okay. Uh, Shingatsi was a nice place uh, in terms of staying there. Uh, it's a slightly bigger town. Uh, okay. We had showers, although they were cold. Oh, thank goodness. He did um, something. <laughs> uh, we each had our own room. That was nice. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's, I mean, still fairly basic accommodations, but at least everything was there, you know. Uh, and how are you getting food along the way there? Are, are, is the tour oh, there are, providing yeah, it for you? Okay. Yeah. So there are restaurants in each of those towns along the way. Okay. Uh, I think one day we had a packed lunch uh, from the morning. 
Uh, oh, you know, I should stuff. I should have asked you this. Do the buses that you're on have restrooms in the buses, oh. or they do not have them? Okay, no. so if you're in the middle of nowhere and you say I have to go to the restroom, what they do they do? They do stuff for you. And you're supposed to just on the side of the road, or like yeah. what is the situation? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have uh, a very small bladder, so I mean, for well, me, it's gonna be uh, so many of these places along the way, especially on that first couple of days uh, when we were not in like towns, uh, it, it, many places they they had actually like a rest area, what they call the rest area, not okay. not really you know anything like in the U.S. Uh, it's basically like a hole in the ground. You know, you just go in there. Uh, one, of the, one of the fancier ones at least had four walls around it, so it was a little bit privacy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, and one of them, uh, I, I sent you this photo earlier. Uh, there was so I, I went to this restroom. Uh, there's a there's a hole where you're supposed to go. Yep. And I looked down, and there's something moving down there. And I was like, "What is that?" Uh, and it turned out that was a yak underneath the hole where you're supposed to go. <laughs> there's a yak walking around. There was a yak under your bathroom. <laughs> yes. That's disgusting. But I mean, you know, it could have been worse. I mean, if it was like something slithering under there, I would be probably freaking my freaking out. I I was in the situation where I had that exact same kind of bathroom when we went to a national park just outside of Bangkok. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, uh, they have that's a little bit different because they actually have these water hoses to flush yourself off with and stuff like that, which is great. Mm-hmm. And um there was a like a wasp. Um, there, there was like a, a, a wasp um, trap. It was like a trap for wasps that huh. they had inside the bathroom. And I was like, I saw one of the wasps like hanging on the outside of it. And I was like, Oh wow. You're supposed to be I- like, inside there and I was like I tapped it and like a bunch of wasps came out I'm like okay I'm leaving bye bye okay. so yeah that was not my thing so wasps, yeah wasps and even bees sometimes they scare me to death I I understand <laughs> <laughs> that got me to go other really animals may be okay but those no nope yep that was it <laughs> so but again the accommodations were at least it was kind of as again like they were much upscale, better. like an upscale yeah. hostel upscale hostel is a good way to describe it yeah okay perfect um, and uh, also more like uh, water over there, like there were lakes instead of all snow and ice. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so that was nice. There was a river we crossed, we kept crossing multiple times along the way. So you're getting a lot um, of the majestic beauty of yeah. the area, which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's, it's really great. But there's just not a lot of city life no. or nothing no, no, really a lot of No cities until the end and Lhasa. Okay. So the next location after this Nancy. is, how do you say it? Yancey. Nancy. I'm, I'm doing the closest I can. <laughs> okay, but it's, it's spelled G-Y-A-N-T-S-E. And you yeah. pronounce it almost like the, almost like the lady's name, Nancy. Uh, yeah, With a kind G-Y-A-N-T-S-E. Yeah. Nancy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, it's the same, same as she got said. It's, it was a town. They had a monastery there. We went to the monastery, uh, spent some time. And each of these, the driving now is like two to three hours each day of driving. Okay. That's uh, actually not bad considering the first day was a lot, yeah. whole day of driving. Yeah. Uh, and a lot more sightseeing, a lot more stops. You know, that, that's the kind of the way the trip went to, towards the end. What were the accommodations uh, like in Nancy? Also good. Um, now, though, like a proper, you know, motel, um, you know. 
So now we're moving up to Motel 8, Motel 8 territory or something right. like that. Right. Uh-huh. That's better than nothing. Okay, that's that, so we're starting to see some improvements. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, food. So these okay. are these are relatively larger towns. Okay, uh, I wouldn't call them cities, but they're, they're okay. They they have restaurants. We could walk around in the evening, go find food somewhere, you know, on our own. Like it was it was all fine after that. And how was the monastery there? Uh, beautiful. Every single monastery we went to was beautiful. Excellent. Um, uh, one of them I actually did not feel like going to. I was just too exhausted, like too mentally exhausted, you know, from all of this. Mm. So I just uh, stayed in the motel. They, I didn't go on the trip on that one. I, I don't blame you. And you got to take care of yourself when you're going on a trip like this, especially when you're in, at certain elevations where the oxygen oxygen level can be depleted. Yeah. Um, so, and this- so about that, about that. Uh, it was bad the first two days, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone else, they had different, you know, levels of how much they could tolerate. Uh, in one of these towns, I think it was in Shigatse, uh, it, it, I was feeling especially like, you know, really headachey and stuff. So I went to the guy, the guy gave me directions to a place like a, a pharmacy and, uh, you know, he said, you can actually buy oxygen canisters from this pharmacy. Hmm. Uh, so I said, okay, fine. So a few of us, I, I told a few people on the tour, uh, they were becoming good friends now. That's another advantage of something like this. Uh, and we all went out to this monastery, uh, sorry, in this uh, pharmacy. And uh, yeah, we, we each got a couple of oxygen canister, canisters. Uh, really helped <laughs> some of us. I believe it. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, those things are available now. This is This is like a... Let's shops and restaurants and stuff. I'd like I'd like to take a pause for just a second and talk about environmental conditions. And this goes out to my students that are out there, regardless of where you're at, whether it's in Colorado Springs, whether you're in the Andes, especially up at Machu Picchu, whether you're you know even in Dubrovnik, Croatia, where where I had a challenge. um, You got to be careful of the environment and you got to respect it. Um, Like when you're in Machu Picchu, I believe they'll give you in in some cases they'll give you cocoa uh, cocoa leaves. Cocoa leaves. Yep in order to be able to acclimate a little bit to the climate. Um, like you were saying, they're get, they have oxygen canisters where you were at. Um, in Dubrovnik, where I was at, which is right on the coast, uh, there's not elevation issues, but for us there, the, the thing that hit me the worst was sun. I was not protected from the sun, and I got sunstroke so bad that the next day, I actually had to stay indoors and drink water so much. I missed out on an entire day. I missed out on an entire country because I had to... I, because I was down for an entire day sleeping and just drinking water. So, uh, was this? Did you do the uh, walk on the city wall all the way around? I did. The that was exactly what There's happened. No I was over on, there, right? Correct. And I didn't yeah. bring a hat. I didn't uh, like. I had like one little twelve ounce bottle of water, which is not yeah, enough no. for that. And when the sun is beating down on you mm-hmm. from there, it get, it can get very powerful. So my words to the students out there, be respectful of the environment, not just what's around you, but be respectful of your own health and your own limits. You need to know what to bring whether and bring a backpack of water, a hat, sunglasses, Absolutely. Uh, sun, yep. sun, suntan lotion, things like that, or uh, some protection of some sort, you know, and a strong SPF, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, bring that first aid kit, something that you need, you know, just make sure you have, you're prepared because even if you think, oh, it's not going to be that bad, and, and it may not feel that bad, you may suffer very badly the next day if and, you're not and prepared. And it can hit you like like that. Yeah, I exactly. mean, you're you're fine one minute, and the next you're like, no, I'm, 
I'm I'm in bed all day today, like that, like you know. Exactly, and um, that's exactly what it was. It was um, terrible. <laughs> yeah, actually, about this whole trip, uh, I had a, I was kind of lucky because uh, my parents had been to Tibet before, uh, and my aunt and a couple of my cousins had been, so they were telling me, you know, what it's going to be like. So I was like mentally prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is exactly the point. Like you're fine one day, one minute, and the next minute it hits you, and you're not at all okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, you have to be at least mentally, you have to be, you know, prepared for it, willing to accept that this is how it's going to be. You know. And there's there's an old GI Joe cartoon at the and the. And the the end line of all the cartoons is and knowing is half the battle whenever they're doing that little mm-hmm. thing to try and educate you. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about. This is about the education process and understanding what it is. So all I can say is regardless of where you're at in, in terms of the environment, I don't care whether you're underwater in some cases, because again, then we get into a whole nother situation with, you know, dealing with the bends. If you're traveling, if you're doing mm-hmm. scuba diving and, and having to deal with that. So just be mindful of all the challenges that you have to deal with. Even if you think you can take, take a, a shortcut on stuff please don't they're they're out there for a reason they're it's it's really important to take care of yourself so you can go on all of these wonderful adventures and be healthy mm-hmm. and enjoy this rather than have a situation where unfortunately you're sidelined for a period of time yep absolutely perfect okay so now um a little bit of a nicer place you're in you're in you're in, uh nancy and you're going to your last destination how do you say the last destination the final Lhasa. location Lhasa. 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 That's, the, that's the capital of tibet okay uh, that's where the dalai lama was originally from okay. uh, he has his palace over there that was the first photo you showed uh that's called the potala palace um that was the original dalai lama palace mm-hmm. um and uh, that's the main attraction there, but there are other monasteries. Uh, it, it's like the, you know, the main uh, city in Tibet. It's the capital of Tibet. Uh, so it has, it's a proper city. Like it has everything, you know, you could, that's what. Uh, so that was, and, and it's also lower elevation. So I think Lhasa is at 11,000 feet. Oh, so that's much So by now, all of us were fine, you know, <clears throat> roam around the town we, we got into groups uh, our, our own groups and stuff and just walked around and you know it was perfectly okay by then wonderful okay and so um at this point you are then getting ready for the next trip for you which is our which is going to be our next discussion at a later time which is on china uh but but in terms of this specific vacation let's talk about some post thoughts on this what are it sounds like a really harsh trip but what were some of the pros of going on a trip like this what were some of the interesting Uh, facts about the trip the scenery uh the fact that i got to see mount everest which was a dream yeah Uh, actually i had in Kathmandu had taken a flight the flight also shows you the mountain there's a there's a like a tourist you know ride that they take you to the mountain and back to see from the land and looking up at it it's it's incredible and i got lucky honestly like you know, 90% of the time it's behind clouds. So uh, it, it, it was just amazing. The scenery is fantastic. The, just the remoteness of it, you know, it's like Antarctica. It's, it, you know, it's just beautiful. It's majestic. It's, and it's one of those spots that you can actually say, you know what, 
in my life, I've had the opportunity, well, in your particular life specifically, you've been to two locations that not a lot of people get a chance to go to, which are Mount Everest and Antarctica. Well, I've so, not gone to Mount Everest. <laughs> well, but you're at least within like a couple of miles of it. So it's like, okay, I'm a day away or so from yeah. it. So it's like, but at least you can see it right over there. Yeah. So that's kind of cool too. Um, but yeah, just, just being able to be within proximity of it and enjoy that you were within that realm or that, in that range of it and getting a chance to see all these wonderful monasteries, you know, th- mm-hmm. those are, those are almost like museums unto themselves. They're such, yeah. they're so rich and beautiful. And, and, and there were times when many of us were just sitting outside on the steps and just hearing the chants, you know, mm-hmm. the monks are all chanting in the back and we were just, you know, because a lot of these monasteries are on top of mountains or, you know, on a cliffs or something. And uh, the views are nice from there. You can just sit on the steps and just look out, you know, the whole view below you. Uh, and in the background is this chanting going on, you know, so you're just kind of in that mode, you know, it's, it's great. So it's the sights, it's the sounds, um, the smells you can leave without, especially if there's no showering for a few days, but Hey, you know what? That's okay too. Um, so things you'd want to be aware of. So if I'm a first time traveler getting ready for this, it sounds like the visa process is a little bit complicated. So you got to be prepared for that. Um, the elevation, the elevation and the environmental challenges that go along with that, um, being accepting and understanding of the bathroom situation in some places Mm -hmm. as well. Um, so it sounds like that's something that would be aware. Is there anything else I'm leaving out that we'd want to be um, prepared for? Uh, no, it, it's just it, the whole place is really, really remote. So any of the like the conveniences, you know, you can't just go out and go to a Seven Eleven, right? It, yeah. Not, uh, it, it, you just have to realize that you know the kind of place you're in and be prepared for that. So. <laughs> That's understandable, though. And then in terms of value adds, cost savings, and best practices, it sounds like in this particular case, you did have some cost savings, but it was kind of offset by the stress and yes. the challenges that go along with that. So, And and uh, I, I believe that any, any other trip that I would have done, uh, I think it would have been more or less the same, honestly. Um, okay. Uh, now it may not have been so disorganized. Other other companies maybe may have been more organized, but uh, at least in you know the the fact of just the the logistics of getting everyone through from point A to point B. It's just it, it's it's hard for them I mean, yeah. from their point of view. So uh, and they know that everyone is not going to be in a good mood. They're all going to be sick. They're all you know have all these problems and. You know they have to manage all that, so I think I think from that point of view, it went really well actually in the end. Excellent. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time to share this with my students. I mean, obviously Nepal and Tibet are very distant places, so just being able to learn a little bit about them gives us some understanding of what life is like out there and all the wonderful things to see. So again, thank you so much, Ishan, for your time thank and you. being able to deal with this. Now, for my students that are out there, if you have any questions or comments, anything that you'd like to know more about, you can shoot me a quick email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to click the bell icon right above us in order to be notified about when new videos come out. If you haven't already done so, please hit the subscribe button. It certainly does help the channel and we really do appreciate it. And then of course, if you like this kind of content and you want to see more of it, give us a like on that as well. And that way we'll be able to produce more of it. If however, you're listening on the podcast, please feel free to rate us, review us. We really appreciate that. But until our next time, my name is Scott. I am the Professor Travel and make every day 
a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.